And so the king is once again my guest. And why is this? Was Herod unimpressed? We turn to Rome to sentence Nazareth. We have no law to put a man to death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welcome to the not-so-secret show, episode whatever. Oh, what the hell is wrong with me? Apparently, I'm under the influence of both alcohol and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, I've been watching so many clips of Jesus Christ Superstar, all the different iterations or versions. And I also, I think I watched uh, Godspell... Oh, man, I was about to say Jesus, no pun intended, about three or four times. And I actually, uh, I watched the 1973 version of Jesus Christ Superstar in its entirety, I think twice, I think. And then I also watched um, that 2000 version. And no, I haven't lost what's left of my mind. Uh, <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed it. I think the strange thing is there are some people who, uh, I don't know if we call them maniacs or what, who will watch the same movie over and over again. Um, I don't mean to poke fun if you're one of those people. I think the last time I did that is probably like back in the 90s with The Crow. Uh, I had this obsession with the um, the original Crow movie starring Brandon Lee. Loved that movie so much. I watched it a bunch of times on VHS. But um, generally speaking, I'm the type of person I watch a movie once and even if I dig it, you know, then I just kind of enjoy the memory of it and don't actually sit down and watch it again till probably, you know, years down the road. But I think because musicals, well, contain music and music is the type of thing you can revisit again and again. And uh, I'm a music junkie. I absolutely love music. Uh, I think my personal digital library on my computer. Uh, my music library is probably like 60 gigabytes or something crazy like that. Uh, a good deal of it legally purchased through uh, like iTunes and Amazon or whatever. Uh, a lot of it is just, uh, you know, CDs I ripped. And then I uh, remember the good old days of Napster, etc. Uh, but yeah, I've always absolutely loved music since I was a little kid. And, um, I think you can sometimes kind of OD on music. You know, I'm the type of person, I go through phases. I'll be in the mood to listen to a certain artist or a certain song, and I'll listen to it on the way to and from work or whatever. And uh, it's almost like eating too much ice cream. Even though you love it, you do eventually reach your limit, and you almost feel nauseous, like you, you're just overly sated or whatever but i think yeah whereas a movie most people you watch it and maybe you know like i said you enjoy the memory of it you talk about it with friends you think about it but you don't sit down and watch it over and over again but because i think songs and say music videos invite repeated revisiting if that makes sense or the type of um media that you can return to over and over again frequently um that makes musicals and rock operas and that kind of thing the type of thing that you can also kind of revisit more frequently than, say, a standard movie or whatever. 
And even though I did enjoy kind of overdosing on Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, the main reason for my binging was uh, because I wanted to make sure I had all my ducks in a row for that review special, which I released yesterday. And speaking of that, uh, I think there were a couple of corrections I wanted to make. And actually, they just kind of kill two birds with one stone, I might actually release a preview of this bonus episode that contains the corrections. Um, lazy bastard. So I don't have to uh, worry about remembering to address them uh, next week. So, yeah, I'll pro- I don't know. Maybe I'll make it like a 10-minute preview or something like that. And man, yeah, I just popped a Kratom. And I popped to a leave earlier, about an hour ago or so. So I have like this stubborn headache. It doesn't feel like one of my migraines. It's more like this just achy kind of thing. Uh, Almost feels like a hangover, which I rarely get. No matter how much I drink to excess, I rarely get um, headaches. I don't want to make it seem like I I drink to excess frequently. Uh, I, I would call my, I would probably describe myself as someone who drinks excessively in moderation. (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense, where, you know, during the work week, I don't touch a drop of alcohol. Uh, Friday and Saturday night, whether I'm staying in or going out, I drink. Um, if I'm staying in by myself and working on the podcast or whatever, I'll probably have like two big glasses of like rum and Coke, pretty strong mix, you know, uh, if I go out and I know it's going to be this like all nighter of a party, I will get absolutely blitzed just <laughs> to be honest. But usually no matter how much I drink, especially if I'm just staying in by myself and only have a couple of drinks, I usually don't really get hangovers anymore. But uh, yeah, I, I I mixed some crack and rum, which I think is fairly strong with some, uh, some Coke last night, the drink, not the drug. And yeah, uh, and maybe I drank too much too fast, but uh, yeah, I've had this kind of annoying headache all day. But anyway, on to those corrections. So the first one isn't a factual error or anything like that. It's just me making an ass out of myself uh, with some kind of weird grammatical slip-up or brain glitch or whatever. I'm talking about, I think it's John Michael... Teblak is his name, the creator of Godspell. And I, I was talking about how he passed away at an early age, at the age of 35, of a heart attack. And I meant to say, sadly, he passed away or whatever. And somehow it came out as sidely. And I listened to it like three times. I'm like, how can that be? I can't even blame that on a my weird regional Northeast accent or whatever. That's just a weird, weird brain glitch or something. Um, yeah, I listened back again and again. I'm like, shit, yeah, I, I say sidely he passed away instead of sadly. And you know me and how neurotic I can get about errors. I actually thought about pulling the episode, editing that little part and uploading it again. And then this is how crazy I am. I actually... Uh, I was coming back from the supermarket and I was at a red light and I quickly Googled sidely to see if it might actually be an, a real word. It's a real word. And I'm kind of like, ka-ching. Not a word that people use often. It might be kind of archaic. 
but uh, sidely is a word. I don't know if it's necessarily used in that in, in the context I need it to work in. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess that's good enough. It's, it's it's a real word. It almost like it almost sounds like I'm saying on a side note he passed away. But let me look it up real quick. Yeah, so this is from uh, Oxford Living Dictionaries. <laughs> Sidely, S-I-D-E-L-Y. Adverb, by, at, or towards the side, obliquely. Formally, also, an indirect manner, indirectly, obsolete. Origin, late Middle English. Earliest use found in John Wycliffe, 1384, theologian, philosopher, and religious reformer. But I don't know, maybe it makes it sound even worse. Like It, it makes it sound like uh, I'm implying that he uh, he died on his side, which may or may not be a factual error. And I should be laughing about this guy passing away. I'm laughing at myself. And I have no idea in the world how I managed to accidentally transform a short A sound into a long I sound. I mean, I, I should get some kind of weird metal for that. See what was the other correction? Uh, relatively minor, uh, I think. I was describing the 2000 quote-unquote film version of Jesus Christ Superstar as well, a film. Um, but I think it might not have been a traditional film in the sense of the uh, 1973 version, where you know the 1973 version was shot on location, so to speak, in the uh, in the Middle East uh, in the Holy Land. Um, at least I think it was. I just gave myself something else to, uh, to correct. <laughs> but, uh, I think technically the 2000 version may have been a filmed version of a kind of, you know, a closed set stage performance, sans an audience or whatever. At least you never see or hear the audience. But yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, the 1973 movie was shot in Israel. And I'm just looking up the 2000 version, and I like how, uh, you know, on, on the Google result page, you know how, I like how they have those kind of like informative little breakdown when you look up something, you know, at the top of the results. It says, Jesus Christ Superstar 2000, drama romance. <laughs> romance, I guess, in a way. Um, IMDB has it listed as a TV episode. Where elsewhere, it's described as uh, a straight-to-home video movie. It's also referred to as the second film adaptation. So I was close enough. Jesus Christ, no reason to flog myself. <laughs> it's funny, uh, even as an atheist, um, maybe it's my Catholic upbringing, whenever I say Jesus Christ in uh, like an irreverent manner, or uh, it's not usually something I would say in anger, very rarely. You know, still, even as a non-believer, I do that like split-second thing where I'm like, "Uh-oh, is there a lightning bolt coming?" But I'm still here. But uh, speaking of Jesus Christ, uh, any of you who are familiar with Jesus Christ Superstar, you may have noticed they actually refer to him as Jesus Christ repeatedly. I think you know, earlier, uh, you know, I was joking around singing the lines from that uh, the trial before Pilate scene. And, yeah, and uh, I think he's repeatedly referred to as Jesus Christ in that song. Yeah, I still have the lyrics open. 
Talk to me, Jesus Christ. You have been brought here, manacled, beaten by your own people. Do you have the first idea why you deserve it? Listen, king of the Jews, where is your kingdom? Look at me. Am I a Jew? <laughs> I'm having, having way too much fun with this stuff. I, uh, it's funny, even though I, I'm like uh, a music junkie and I've been, uh, you know, playing in band since uh, I was a teenager. For some reason, I've always kind of thumbed my nose at musicals. I always thought musicals were like boring or maybe too girly or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't mean, hopefully that doesn't come off uh, offensively. Maybe it's just some leftover. I'm not like the stereotypical macho dude, but maybe even me, you know, I have some of these kind of leftover vestigial macho kind of aspects or whatever, cultural things, cultural attitudes. And uh, I never really looked at musical theater as being cool or, or whatever, uh, not in the way that, uh, you know, I thought rock music and heavy metal were or whatever, you know. Um, so I've never been big into musicals. And, um, you know, I'd see like TV commercials for like Cats or The Phantom of the Opera, this, these other uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals or whatever. And I'd, I'd be like, oh, gag me quick. Someone change the channel or whatever. I can't stomach this shit, you know? It's funny. I was researching Andrew Lloyd Webber while uh, preparing for that review episode. And I couldn't believe when I saw like these old pictures. For some reason, I pictured him as just being like born a fat old man. You know, his like soft, doughy kind of effeminate looking guy that I pictured all, you know, this musical theater coming out of that I had so much disdain for. And I looked at young pictures of Andrew Lloyd Webber around the time he would have uh, written Jesus Christ Superstar or whatever. I've been working on it with Tim Rice. And he's like this thin dude with long, you know, black hair or whatever. Looked like he should be in uh, Pink Floyd or something. I'm like, ah, he, was, he was a cool son of a bitch. All right, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, and I actually think Jesus Christ Superstar is brilliant. In a way, I already regret being as critical as I was in that review episode. Because uh, the more I listen to the music from it, the more I watch the full version and clips of it, the more I think I see what they were trying to do. And even though I could see how from a believing Christian point of view, it might be kind of offensive or some of my critiques might hold, like the Jesus character isn't fleshed out enough. Um, it's not explicitly stated that he's a miracle worker or that he's even truly the Messiah. The resurrection isn't explicitly depicted or anything. I still think it's powerful. And it, it's kind of this powerful idea to think of uh, Jesus the man. Like, if Jesus was a historical figure, what that that whole episode you know, his last days or whatever, what's referred to as the passion or whatever, what that must have been like for a human being to endure and to let your imagination wander and try to imagine if all this really did happen historically, uh, what it must have been uh, been like for the people surrounding him if there actually was a Judas. or We know historically, of course, there was a uh, Pontius Pilate, a Roman governor um, in Judea, but... Um, the question is how much of the gospel accounts are accurate regarding his role 
in all this. I believe there's an idea that uh, the gospel writers actually may have softened Pilate's image because they were trying not to offend the Roman Empire. Um, So the blame is kind of more strongly shifted to the Jewish people or the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, etc., and, you know, thusly shifted away from the Roman Empire. And some scholars make an argument that Pilate was known for being ruthless and as someone who probably wouldn't have any real qualms about executing someone. And in fact, ultimately, the reason why Pilate was recalled back to Rome from Judea is because he was seen as being too harsh. So uh, there might be good historical reason to doubt the gospel accounts as far as Pilate's concerned, but still very moving um, the way they portray it in Jesus Christ Superstar, where you see Pilate as this very conflicted type of person who sees this person that he, he before him that he doesn't think is deserving of death, and yet he feels pressure to keep the peace. He feels pressure from um, the mob and the Jewish High Council, etc. Uh, would the actual Pilate have cared what the uh, the Jewish High Council, the Sanhedrin, or the Pharisees thought? I, I don't know. Um, I guess there's a chance, even if Pilate was someone who could be ruthless and have no qualms about quickly and violently stamping out uprisings or executing criminals, I guess it's not beyond possibility that he may also just uh, had some kind of inkling of justice or some kind of fair streak in him. Uh, or, you know, just a, a logical approach to things that made him say, well, okay, I need a crime. Why exactly do you want this guy to be crucified? So who who the hell knows what really happened? You know what I mean? Uh, but I think there are scholars who are skeptical of, you know, very skeptical of the the biblical depiction of Pilate. And it does seem that the gospel writers may have been once again trying to soften his image um, so they wouldn't be seen as an enemy. You know, so Christianity, this budding Jesus movement or whatever, uh, this movement wouldn't be seen as a threat or an enemy of the empire, to or of the empire. But yeah, it reminds me of uh, Bart Ehrman. Bart Ehrman has that joke about... uh, you know, there are some people who seem to think that Jesus' last name was Christ. And he makes the joke about Jesus Christ, son of uh, Mary and Joseph Christ, or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Christ is its from the Greek Christos, which a lot of you probably already know, for anointed one. And so it's on par with, with the, um, the Jewish or Hebrew word Messiah. What's the what what's the original version of it? Mashiach, Mashiach, something like that. Yeah, but I found myself wondering if Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, whatever, the creators of Jesus Christ Superstar, realized that he wouldn't have been called Jesus Christ in his <laughs> in his actual lifetime or whatever. 
Um, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did, and they may have just, I mean, the, the phrase, the name, whatever, Jesus Christ, is so powerful that they may have decided to include it for dramatic effect. And it's funny, I remember reading a lot of articles while prepping for that review episode about how Jesus Christ Superstar came under fire for um, being anti-Semitic or, you know, it was seen as possibly possibly being anti-Semitic for, I think it's kind of sympathetic depiction of Pilate and, and in contrast to that, the kind of villainous way in which Caiaphas and Annas and, you know, the, the, uh, the mob um, are portrayed. And I think what I found strange about that is um, I figured that Jesus Christ Superstar would be so controversial for a slew of other reasons that people wouldn't, you know, have been focusing on that. But I guess it makes sense. I mean, I don't know if um, it may have been these concerns about anti-Semitism may have been coming from uh, Jewish groups or critics, etc. And the people worried about Jesus uh, not being depicted as explicitly depicted as a miracle worker, maybe being a little too close to Mary Magdalene, um, no resurrection, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I guess, you know, that kind of criticism probably would have been coming from Christians. Um but the concerns about anti-Semitism, I mean, I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, those are the same criticisms you find of your kind of standard Jesus movies. Um, yeah, I mean, criticisms like that are nothing new. And I think, unfortunately, I think I might have touched on this in a, in a recent episode. Um, I think that's kind of baked into the cake in a sense where I talked about, you know, this kind of progressively, what may be interpreted as being a kind of anti-Jewish tone throughout the Gospels, especially by the time, you know, you get around to John or whatever. Um, but, you know, obviously the thing you have to remember is that it's believed that um, at least three of the four Gospel writers were probably Jewish themselves, uh, with the exception of Luke, uh, who thought to be uh, a Gentile, probably had some kind of traditional Greek education. Uh, there's a chance he may have been a Hellenized Jew. I think according to tradition, wasn't he thought of as being uh, possibly a physician and a traveling companion of Paul, possibly? Um, so the Gospels themselves, or at least, you know, three of the Gospel writers would have been Jewish. Um Jesus, Jewish, and I'm always saying this on the show, you know, uh, the apostles, Jewish, um, the other positive and most of the other positive and sympathetic figures in the New Testament, um, you know, the women at the tomb, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, um, Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, also members of the Sanhedrin, I believe, all Jewish. Uh, did I already say Jesus, obviously Jewish? Um, and so I think, you know, as I've heard biblical scholars describe it, it shouldn't be seen as, you shouldn't view what the gospel writers is saying as anti-Semitic uh, or, or look at the gospels as being anti-Semitic. It's, it's more like familial criticism or infighting. 
um, the Jesus movement was a Jewish movement. But unfortunately, I think that tone that we do find in the Gospels, um, where the lion's share of the blame is is uh, laying at the feet of the Jewish leaders, etc., that I think that yeah, that it, as as I said recently, that is it's got to be you know at least partly responsible for this long tradition of anti-Semitism. Um, that plagued Christian Europe and I think culminated basically in, in the Holocaust. Um, but yeah, I didn't necessarily think Jesus Christ superstar was, uh, anti-Semitic or that there was any reason to be more concerned with it than other G- Jesus movies regarding anti-Semitism or whatever fears of anti-Semitism. Like I said, I think it's, you know, it's kind of baked into the cake and into, uh, the gospel stories, unfortunately. But I think I think I said something about a 10-minute preview. This is probably going to be more of like a 20, 25-minute preview. So I'm going to cut off um, the preview portion now. And from here on out will be for the, uh, the Patreon supporters. I think I'll probably go on for at least another hour or something. Okay. <laughs>